What's up, loungers? Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. This is Rob. I'm Randy. I'm Alan. And we are the Lounge SD. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Um, if you haven't checked out the title or know what this episode is, we are on number 17, guys. The big 1-7. Woo! Uh, Woo! Yeah, at this point, our, <laughs> our podcast uh, has, has its license now. It can take passengers. Um, it's, it's just a good time. It's a good time right now. Uh, it was also Andrew Bynum's number when the Lakers went to the finals. Wow. It's so, also uh, oh. Philip Rivers' phone uh, phone number. Uh, number on his jersey. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, boo. I'm just saying. He's still, he's still OG. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the Lounge SD. It's not the Lounge LA, so... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Then I'm talking about rookie Philip Rivers. Then you know. Okay. Oh man, we oh, love no, that. Oh no, you know what? Rookie Philip Rivers actually wore a different number. He did. Oh. But I'm just talking. About- God, Alan. Let's move on. Move on. <laughs> well, thank you. thank everybody for tuning to the uh, obscure NFL <laughs> references podcast. Um, just kidding. Just so you guys know, we are a, a very nerdy podcast centered around pop culture things, especially anything featured at Comic-Con. Um, with that being said, we do want to touch on a few uh, current events around the nerd world. Um, first and foremost, as I mentioned before, we do kind of focus a lot on San Diego Comic-Con International here. And uh, one big piece of news that's come out in the last week are the uh, the panels were released, all the schedules for the upcoming San Diego Comic-Con, which is, you guys, we're less than two weeks away. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. How's it feel? Are you guys nervous yet? Are we, are we hype? Uh, it doesn't really hit me until I get into town, uh, since, obviously, I don't live in San Diego currently. So mm. it doesn't really, or it's not going to hit me until next Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure which day I'm driving down. Um, but... Yeah, once I roll into town and I see all the the billboards and the ads on the buildings and stuff like that, that's when it hits me and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's get it. So, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. Should be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm excited, but we're only there for, well, I'm only there for two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm not too, I'm not exactly too hype about it. Um uh, we'll probably go more into depth as to why we're not as hyped about it right now. But um, just one being Hall H. But we'll go more in depth about it. Yeah, yeah def- definitely a lack, a lackluster year. I wouldn't say a disappointment. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, we were expecting a little bit of love um, from Marvel this year. But that's, I mean, I think we got a pretty, pretty good amount of love already with Infinity War and, and, and- the recently seen Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. In their defense, in Marvel's defense, dude, we've had 10 good years. I think one year they didn't show up. Uh, that's because they were at D23, but all the other years have been heaters. So I think they deserve a break. And if anything, we deserve a break too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <dude. laughs> uh, we'll get into that next week in our Comic-Con episode. Spoiler alert. That's uh, where we're going next week. So tune in to that one yeah definitely stay tuned it'll be a giant issue of grow what is that yeah we'll have to celebrate big it'll be episode 18 so yeah a big one 
So with the uh, so the other the flip side of the uh, the panel schedule and hype of Comic Con coming up, uh, we do have a, a negative thing to report. Our very sad news. Um, our dear dear friend of the uh, in, especially in the Marvel universe here, um, artist and uh, co-creator of Doctor Strange and the Amazing Spider-Man, Steve Ditko, has passed. Time. Um, I don't know about you guys. He, Spider-Man is my tip-top favorite superhero. So having you know one of the, I guess you could call him one of the Godfathers, pass like that, it's a it's a big deal, man. It's a, oh, so I'm sure it's hit the uh, comic community, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Marvel or Comic Con does something something nice just to to remember him. Even though it's really close to Comic Con, I'm sure they'll they'll have something there. Oh yeah, um, if, and if 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 not officially from Comic Con or Marvel. Uh, at least the fans will, I'm sure, will do something, um, something to to remember him. But yeah, man, uh, with Steve Ditko passing, man, that's he's the second of the big three. We had uh, Jack Kirby pass away and Steve Ditko. So yeah, man, basically it's Stan Lee that's still uh, still kicking, man. So yeah, that's, Stan, it's coming, man. It's coming. I hate sad. to say it, but <laughs> yeah, man, it's Jesus Christ. No, oh, I mean it's just we're being real. It's gonna happen, you know. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna happen to all of us but yeah it's inevitable you know like like i hold samuel L. jackson near and dear to my heart but i know eventually he is going to pass one day and the same with everyone so yeah i'm not looking forward speaking to those of, days speaking of people passing i think we uh we're all part of this new um this phenomenon going around on Reddit called Thanos did nothing wrong. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That's a subreddit, man. Yeah. That's the subreddit. Yep. So the premise of the subreddit is for all the loungers that are listening that don't know much about the subreddit. Um, the premise of the subreddit is come July 9th at any given time, half of the, half of the subscriptions to the subreddit will be banned. And the premise is, you know, obviously in that, in um, infinity war, when Thanos says, you know, there's not enough resources for everybody, so I'm just randomly going to snap my fingers and poof, half of the universe is going to die. So that's the premise. But for the subreddit, that's what's going to happen. So, And it's pretty cool because the uh, Rousseau brothers are getting into it and tweeting about it. And um, actually got uh, Thanos himself, Josh Brolin, to record a video. And uh, in the video, Josh Brolin says, all right, Reddit, and I forgot what he says, but he goes, "All right, Reddit," and then he snaps his fingers, and it's just, it's, it's just pretty cool to see that, like, you know, we've come this far, like, and now we're getting to become memes, like, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting like the directors of the of the biggest movie in like the last ten years, you know. And Let's not forget to... that in that clip with Josh Brolin, he didn't have a shirt on. And I know that was a huge <laughs> thing in the subreddit that they were commenting about how, like, the Rousseau, the Rousseau brothers just hit him up out of nowhere. And he was like, don't worry, I got this. He didn't even put a shirt on, nothing. He just started recording. And I was like, that's so funny, dude. Hit him up. He was in bed. And he was like, all right, I'll record it. And then sent it. So good, dude. Ah oh, man, that's the world we live in. So much fun. Yeah. So, uh, 
Uh, I I'm pretty excited because there's you know the three of us are all on this subreddit, so now I'm just excited to see like who's going to be dusted. You know? Yeah. <laughs> aren't uh, aren't half of them the people that get banned? Aren't they being resubscribed or whatever rerouted to like the Soulstone or something? The yeah. subreddit for the Soulstone. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I forget the name. Yeah, it has some. It has Soulstone in it in the name of the mm. subreddit. But yeah, it's uh. They're just going to redirect us, and it's basically going to be celebrations on both sides. Like, oh, I'm in this subreddit, yay. Oh, I'm in this <laughs> one, yay. But it'll so, be interesting. No. It's just one of those things, like, when Twitch did uh, Twitch Plays Pokemon back in the day, where it was just letting the users have fun, you know? Like, obviously, the users are going to use the platform, and they're going to have a good time, but when the company kind of not really goes out of their way but when they kind of endorse this thing going on it mm-hmm. just makes the community get closer you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then you can look right. back and be like yeah you know i was around when twitch plays pokemon was going on and i actually contributed a little bit and it's the same thing with this you know uh down the line this is going to be an event that happened in reddit's lifetime and it's going to be where were you when that went down? Um, so it's kind of cool that that's the uh, age we live in. Yeah, man. All right. And so I think that does it for our, our nerdy current events. So that's a new segment that we're trying out. So, yeah, if you guys like it or hate it, um, definitely let us know. So now moving into our actual topic for this episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so full like full disclosure, I'm telling you guys up front right here, right now, um, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you know, pause the podcast, stop it right here, save your spot, and uh, go out and see the movie and then come back. Or, you know, if you like to spoil shit for yourself, stay tuned. <laughs> and um, just know that we gave you, you know, a super forewarning. So I don't want to hear any complaints or nothing. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, so just you know, starting off going into it, what were your guys' expectations coming into Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, I'll start off. Um, uh, I, I think I mentioned this in previous uh, episodes, but I was expecting uh, something to happen with, you know, towards the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp and, and the snapping from, mm-hmm. from Infinity War, and I'm, I'm glad that we got that. <clears throat> so... Um, but it was it was just nice it was just nice to see that it was not so much like it wasn't oh man where was I going with this I lost my train of thought already oh it's in the quantum well, realm dang. <laughs> no well, I think go ahead I was gonna say if you were if you were like me I was ex- I was hoping I was expecting Ant Man and the Wasp were gonna have their own adventure and have that be the majority of the movie. Um, and then, yeah, like I was expecting the end or the post-credit scene to be, have to do with the snapping. I wasn't expecting like this to take place and have the snapping be the very beginning of the movie, and then have them have to deal with it. I th- I think that true sequel will come in either Captain Marvel or uh, Avengers Four. Not a fan. So. Yeah. yeah, sorry, that was my bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. So, um, so yeah. would you say? Would you say that? your expectations were met since it sounds like it was spot on rob oh yeah yeah no no a hundred percent that it paid off exactly the way like once the movie ended 
and we didn't get anything, then I was like, oh, hell yeah, they did this so right. And then I was like, but, but then I was kind of like a little worried too, because I was like, I was like, oh shit, they're not going to link it at all. We're not going to get any, any indication of where this falls in the timeline. So yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of relief, but also a little like, oh shit, how are they going to, how are they going to explain it? Um, so, but I think, I think they did a really good job. And as far as my expectations, yeah, they definitely met them. So with that, we'll, we'll fast forward to the end already. What do you guys think of the snapping and spoiler alert so i'll just play it out so uh ant-man went back into the quantum realm he's doing his thing they're testing they're getting some power or something like that into some canister quantum energy yeah quantum energy um and then the snapping happens and ant-man is stuck in the quantum realm because the other three were dusted so what'd you guys think about that ending uh i was i was happy with it um i wasn't happy with it in the sense that um i like i liked what happened but um i just i was expecting i was hoping something like this would happen in the movie and then for it to happen like this especially with you know with uh is it scott lang right yeah especially with him in the quantum realm like with no out um made me wonder how we're gonna get ant-man if we're gonna get ant-man in avengers 4 you know um mm-hmm. it, it was nice to see i mean hats off to evangeline lily because dude the wasp was badass yeah Everything she, she like like the way she was using her powers of like of uh shrinking and then <laughs> And then going back, you know, going back to normal size, um, like to dodge punches. Like I was just like, dude, this is, you know, this is next level. Like her, her fighting style. But um, like I, I was even seriously... say that she was a natural at it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Jeez. Um. So <clears throat> it was. I, I was hoping we would get Ant Man and the Wasp somewhere in the Avengers 4. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen um, with Ant-Man being in the Quantum Realm and then the Wasp being dusted. Um, so I liked how they were dusted and where they left off going into Avengers 4. Um, but uh, the did anyone else draw this like similarity in the Quantum Realm and Doctor Strange's Quantum Realm? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think they're linked. There's there's some way somehow that they can meet up, or I don't know if I have to watch Doctor Strange again to see if they touch on that or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I was remember... totally sorry. I was totally expecting Dormammu to show up or something <laughs> like that because I was like, dude, it looks exactly the same to me. Yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, here it comes. Especially when uh, Hank went in there. And he was kind of just cruising around doing his thing, looking for uh, Janet. And then mm-hmm. he stepped out of the ship. I was just expecting, and like he got like kind of uh, uh, disoriented and stuff. I was expecting Dormammu's face to come out of the background. I was like, oh fuck, and it didn't <laughs> happen. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I I think they're gonna be connected somehow too. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, how do you get the connection? with um with uh doctor strange being dusted as well 
Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my theory with them, I think they're they are going to find a connection with the quantum realm, but not not via like Doctor Strange. Um, someone had brought up, and I noticed it too, uh, right before Scott makes the jump into the quantum tunnel. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Time vortex. Yeah, she she makes like she makes sure to 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 throw that in there. You know, Marvel's not really big on leaving a smoking gun. They'll tell like they're setting up something by saying that. Um, so my speculation is that either, you know, uh, Scott's going to be like, oh shit, I, I really need to get my way out of here. So he's going to accidentally or maybe on purpose, you know, just jump into a time vortex. And I think either he's going to go forward in time, and uh, you maybe run into his daughter or something like that, to where he he can see the future of what happens. Maybe he meets up with Tony or something, and like. Or it's like a backwards time. Maybe he'll go backwards and try to warn everybody ahead of time. Well, they already kind of hinted at there are ways to communicate with people that aren't in the quantum realm, right? Because that's basically what Janet did. She essentially took over Scott and all that stuff. So there are, I guess you can call bridges between right. the two realms that are, you know, that are around and they can use that. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they figured that into, uh, the Avengers and what happened. Cause he's got to, he has to figure out what happened. You know what I mean? He's just there floating around by himself. Um, luckily for him, they kind of understand how it works and how to get in and out now. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of operating it and doing it. Yeah. And that brings up a good point. One of the, I, I, I don't know about you guys in your theater, my theater lost it with the whole uh, Scott Lang being possessed, quote unquote, by uh, Michelle oh, Pfeiffer. Yeah. I, yeah, that was a good time. He's that was amazingly well done. I don't know about you guys, but I really like, you know, it's an actor pretending to be like a woman or whatever. But like in my head, like it, it for it just worked. It was perfect. I I could totally imagine mm-hmm. Janet through like trying to speak to him. <laughs> he just does it so well, man. Well, I think um, hats off to Paul Rudd. Like he's just really good at uh uh that kind of i shouldn't say that kind of acting but um what's the word i'm looking for like imperson not necessarily impersonating a woman but just being that like like that playful silly type character he does it really well right. i mean he did it he he kind of shows that a few times in like uh i love you man and all those other movies where yeah, he's just that playful character, so he did it really well. No, it was a mm-hmm. my theater. There was there was a guy next to me, man. He was he was very happy the whole movie. I'll just say that very loud, <laughs> laughing the whole time. Which hey, that's fine by all means. Enjoy the movie, but it was like one of those like loud laughs. I was like, okay, it's funny, but I don't know if it's that funny. But uh, so I was a little distracted that whole time, but. Oh, yeah, man. it was a good time. It's weird because I sat so I sat next to a guy, um, and he had like his own special commentary, but the commentary didn't really wasn't like didn't uh, it wasn't changing. It was the same thing over and over again. Like like uh, when they would say a funny joke, and I would like chuckle to myself like a <laughs> he would go he would go oh that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> And then he would do that. Oh, he's like, oh, oh, that's too funny. And then when the little girl was like, when the little girl, when uh, Scott Lang's daughter was in it, um, he would say stuff like, oh, she's too cute. She's too cute. <laughs> One then, of those guys. 
Yeah, and I was just like, dude, like, like, like I get it. It's just one of those things where, like, it's, it's probably just something that you should just keep in your head. And, like, there was times where I was like, oh, that's too good. That's too good. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> like, come on, man. You're just ruining it. Like, you can't, you can't, like, have commentary, but not have commentary. It's just the same thing over and over again. You know what I mean? No, I get you. I get you. And yeah, it was he was just, feeling uh, it, man. He was feeling he, it. Oh, he was feeling it. He was super feeling it. But um, at the end of the movie, because he watched it with his son, at the end of the movie, um, when the son, you know, at the end of the mid credit scene, I think um, they got up and left, and the dad was like, so so what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, you don't know? Like, Come did, on. Did you, you not I mean? watch Avengers? <laughs> yeah, and the son had to explain it. Like, well, you know, in the last movie, um, this guy named Thanos, like, just snapped and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude. Well, like, when I got... in the dad's defense, he was probably just taking the son out. And the son saw the other one clearly. And mm-hmm. maybe the dad wasn't along for that ride the first time. So, or for Avengers. So, Ugh, that, that sounds like but... a bad dad, man. No, I mean, it's <laughs> the same thing as... I still don't know how people walk out of Marvel movies like right at, or right before the credits start. Like what? Or a bunch of people left at the mid credits. So the mid credits thing or mid credits showed, and it was like okay, you know, cool. They got that, and then they left. I was like, don't you know that there's probably something at the end too? Like, I don't know, but people are still walking out. So. That's they weird probably to have me. somewhere to go. I mean, maybe, like, but there's a fire in their house or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, you've honey, already I left the stove on, sat here this long. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's get back into on course. So, what were, what do you guys feel the implications of this movie were, right? So, what was what? How did this movie affect the MCU at all? I'll defer to you, Rob. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I want to say that this, I mean, give. I, I keep wanting to fixate. I know a lot of the forums are ablaze with the, the credits scenes, and I just want to yeah. touch on that. Like, not only did we get the snapping, um, but um, we also got, I know it was supposed to be like a comedic kind of thing, but we got the ant, the full-size ant playing the drum set again. But I don't know if you guys were made aware or if you guys really caught onto it, but they had like the emergency broadcast system playing and like the actual like out like town, the city that they were in San Francisco, I believe it was, mm-hmm. is just like silent. You know, half this population is gone. And so this this for me was a really good, you know, it was like 10 seconds at most, but it was like a really good setup for what has happened since Thanos did the snap, like the current state of the MCU. Um, you know, pe- like people are still don't know what's going on. You know, they, they're treating it as a natural disaster at this point. Um, so it was, like, really eerie, but it, it was just kind of, like, a friendly reminder. Like, this movie, up to the credits, it was just a feel-good, like, you know, your, your normal Marvel fare. We got the comedy, we got the action, we got superhero powers, all of that. You kind of forget a little bit that we're supposed to be in mourning right now. We just watched yeah. a few months ago, just watched, all, like, half of our heroes disappear, and the Avengers basically get their ass whooped. And now we, we have this and we have like this really good fun time. And then they're kind of like, you know, the Rousseau brothers and Kevin Feige were like, you know, punched us in the chest and we're like, don't forget homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, you guys, 
still have this to worry about. And so for me, at least, this, this was a good way to kind of showcase, you know, the, the people that weren't featured in Infinity War. You know, we missed out on, at, at the very least, we missed out on Ant-Man and uh, Hawkeye's presence. But at, at least this gave us a little snapshot of, of at least like how they're taking it or what's going on with them. Um, so it was good. I mean, I don't feel like any an- questions were answered at all with that. It was, if anything, it gives you even more like stress and like makes you freak out even a little bit more. You're like, you know, one of, not only that our, you know, we lost the wasp, but now, you know, Scotty Lang is stuck in the quantum realm right now. So it's even more of like a, what is going on? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, it makes me wonder. Well, it kind of just shows that they had their own things to worry about compared to the cosmic level event of Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they had their own struggles. Obviously, uh, Hank and... Uh, I, f- I keep forgetting her name. Um, Hope. Hope. Yeah, uh, they were on the run, so it's not like they were keeping tabs on what was going on out there. And then Scott was on house arrest, so he was just doing his thing, taking care of his daughter. So it does kind of make sense how they weren't aware. Um, And if I remember, most of Infinity War took place as far as on Earth was in Wakanda. I mean, yeah, there was the fight initially in New York with um, Tony and them, but then they went to space immediately right the ship left and took tony and spider-man to space and then besides that all the fighting took place in wakanda right so it kind of yeah, makes and I sense want, i want to say uh, i was gonna say like you got to think of the events of infinity war were maybe like a day or two yeah and so while ant-man and the wasp like maybe happened you know over the course of a few days also I, as far as like the snapping goes like that last end credit scene like it was during the daytime and stuff, so it, I mean, it probably yeah. was that same that same time or whatever. Like we got those events, and it seemed like all happening around the same time. Yeah. Um. Real quick, did it mention where uh, Nick Fury was at when the snapping happened? Because it was during the day, right? But I'm assuming he was in San Francisco. San Francisco. But I don't um, know if it actually showed because what if he was in New York still and it mm-hmm. was at the same time? Like, you know what I mean? Because it was daytime in both scenes. So that's why I'm kind of confused. That's true. Yeah. No, it was a daytime in Wakanda and Wakanda's supposed to be in Africa. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah. I can see the whole like New York and San Francisco thing. Like, it could be, it's definitely daytime. In both, yeah, both those I cities. guess depending yeah. on the time of day, yeah. Right. So, I don't know. It'll be a, a stretch, but it, I mean, again, Marvel isn't exactly bulletproof when it comes to this stuff, so I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if they necessarily didn't have an answer for that. Um, okay, so, like, that's that's a good point. Uh, I also want to discuss um, the utilization of powers that we saw in this movie. What did you guys think of Ghost, um, her phasing powers? I think, Alan, you already mentioned a little bit of the the nastiness of Ant-Man and the Wasps, um, hand-to-hand shrinking and enlarging, you know, combos and stuff. So what were you guys' thoughts on the, on the powers in this one? Um, Ghost was pretty dope. Like, um, I, it was pretty funny when like her first encounter with everybody or with, uh, 
Hope um, and the Wasp in uh, in that restaurant. It was actually pretty fun. Like when she was like phasing in and out, those guys were like, "What the fuck!" Like freaking <laughs> out, and that was like, you know, that was my immediate reaction. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, like how do you stop somebody like this? And the guy right next to me was like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> like, I'm just like, guy. yeah, dude, commentary guy. Like, um, but it it was really nice, and like, I was wondering how it was gonna play into effect, and like, how it was gonna play into the story. Like, what's her motives? Why does she want whatever she, um, Hope is buying? Um, but uh, it they explained it pretty well. You know, they explained ghosts pretty well. Um, but as far as the all of it, you know, everyone's powers, whether it's the wasp and her kick ass fighting skills. I guess Randy could say she's a natural. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> Ant Man making do with what he had. And I say that because his uh, regulator wasn't working properly most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was pretty funny when, um, when Ant Man and uh, Bill Paxton, is that, I think is his name, Lawrence Fishburne. Nope. Okay. Bill Foster. Bill Foster, sorry, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, I'm pretty sure he died. He's an actor, yeah. 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 Um, Bill Foster, so um, when Ant-Man and Lawrence Fishburne first met, like they were like talking about uh, being giant man. Um, And Lawrence Fishburne, you know, was saying like, I think my, the biggest was 21 feet. And then what did Ant-Man say? I think it was like 65 or something like that. Yeah. Right, Um, yeah. And then they were like, well, they were saying like, well, how are you, you know, did you fall asleep? And Anna was like, I was asleep for three days after that. So it was really, it was really interesting to see when Ant-Man was in San Francisco Bay. Um, and once he dropped off the lab, he like fell asleep and he was like knocked out, you know? And it wasn't so much that, it wasn't so much that he was hurt or anything. He was just, you know, they, they said that, it was just so like all of his energy was drained from from enlarging to giant man so um i like i like that it, there's no rhyme or reason there's actually like repercussions to going large there's repercussions to going into the quantum realm and you could lose yourself in the quantum realm um i like you know i just like that um there's repercussions to every you know to every action like every well, for every action there's a equal and opposite reaction so it's nice to see that you can't just go big whenever you want to with no, you know, with no problems going, you know, going back and forth. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show like they're not superheroes. You know what I mean? They don't have special powers. They're, they're just regular people with technology, basically Iron Man, you know what I mean? Just a regular dude fighting galactic people um so no it totally makes sense and just thinking about the whole giant man thing and being that size and obviously like he had a hard time and then he passed out just imagine how much energy your body is spending doing anything at that size you know what i mean like especially it's not like he ate before you know what i mean and yeah. eating a human-sized meal compared to a 65-foot meal, um, it, it just doesn't even compare. So it does make sense how he had, what, five minutes of energy and then he passed out. Um, 
but going back to Ghost, uh, I thought she was okay. Um, it was believable how she had those powers and that she, like, her motives were there. I liked them. It wasn't too bad. But just coming away from Thanos, and it's like, man, Thanos was a badass. Then going to her, <laughs> it was like, okay, her powers were cool that she was phasing and stuff, but she was just a normal person. You know what I mean? Like, she was just pissed off and angry. So, I didn't feel that she was the greatest villain. Uh, the motive was okay. But just the scale on what she could do, to me, just didn't really... Uh, I, I didn't get the sense of danger when she was running around. Obviously, the uh, the bad guys that were there, um, that were trying to get the building and stuff like that, as well as Ghost, they were scared of her, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, in person, if I saw that in real life, I'd be pretty fucking scared too. <laughs> but um, when you compare it or compare her to other villains in the MCU, I don't think that she really stands as much. Uh, what do you think about that, Rob? Because I feel uh, like you're... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> chomping at the bit <laughs> yeah i want to i want to say that i disagree i actually like the fact that every once in a while we'll get like a ground level or like a neighborhood level villain like it, i like I, I would it would get really tired if every villain was like an arch nemesis thanos or like joker type or something where yeah you know it's it's like you know the world is in danger every time it doesn't necessarily always have to be the world is in danger um coming from comic books you know that there's sometimes there's just a single issue villain who gets dealt with, you know, all within like 60 or 45 pages versus like yeah. a Thanos villain villain where we're going to get eight issues. You know what I mean? Like I, I completely, you know, agree with you and that she was not top tier villain material. She's not going to be in the same conversation as like uh, Killmonger or Loki or something like that. She's definitely yeah. like, you know, a B list or C list villain. Um, but I thought that was a really good, you know pace for this movie like you know like i had said we are just we're still grieving we're still getting over infinity war so i think it was good to have you know not necessarily even like people can make the argument that ghost wasn't even a real villain in this one yeah um, that's what, that's where I'm, I'm going that she's right, kind of just a problem not really a villain right i would say she's more of like an anti-hero um yeah. more than anything um, but I think that's a good step. Like, like I said, it gets really old, you know, a villain shows up that has to get dealt with and is dealt with in one movie that, that can get really, really old, really fast. Um, and so, yeah, no, I thought, I thought she did a good job. I was worried that they were going to make Bill Foster, AKA in the comic books. Um, he's known as Goliath and I think he gets his little name, name tag in this one too. I was afraid that they were going to make him like a, like a, super bad guy for ant-man which i don't think he's ever really been in the comics so i'm really glad that they didn't necessarily take that approach with him he was just trying to help a scared little girl um yeah and in ava and ghost in this one so i thought that was that was really well done so um yeah no i i yeah sorry dude i'm gonna have to disagree and say that we didn't <laughs> no we worries, didn't need no this the thanos level villain i thought i thought this was a perfect you know palate cleanser like you know get us ready um for avengers no i i agree that she served her purpose you know what i mean like obviously like you said she's a low tier uh villain it's just like i said though like and like you said comparing her to the other villains Mm -hmm. she doesn't hold up you know what i mean but like you said 
she, this particular movie needed a low tier villain. You know what I mean? Because oh, like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. I, I I basically agree with what you said after what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's pretty much like, yeah, you know what? You're right. No, You're right. no, no, no. It's just what. <sighs> okay, fine. Yeah, just for lack <laughs> lack of words. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a lounge first. If so, for the record, episode seventeen. I I, I was I'm right. That's right. This. It's uh, it's in history. <laughs> it's set in stone. Um, okay, so let's let's change gears a little bit here. Now that we've talked about the villain or antihero with Ghost in this one, um, what did you guys think of the supporting cast? Uh, namely, the ex-cons um, played by Michael Pena, Ti, Tip Harris, and uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember the other actor's name, but he was the uh, the guy from Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only place I remember him. From. <laughs> um, oh, man. What did you guys think, man? Oh, the the same supporting three guys that we got from the first movie. Did you guys like them in this one? Did you think it was just a rehash of the same jokes, or did you actually think that they belong and you you like them around? No, I think uh, I think they served as per- their purpose. You know, like they're the comedic humor, um, and like it was nice. I think someone said in the subreddit, it was nice to see that the ex cons were you know are doing something for themselves and they're you know kind of like not not to say that like we're kind of showing people that like you know if you're an ex-convict you can do whatever you want but it's but it's just nice to know that like they were human too i guess someone said on sub on the subreddit but um uh i liked their humor of course uh michael pena being luis dude his his storytelling when they asked when they injected him with a truth serum that by the way that whole bit with the truth serum thing so sick yeah i think the guy next to me said the guy next to me said oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) but and i agreed like i kind of wanted like you know pop my head up next to him say like you know what you're right but um (laughs) uh it was you know that whole bit with the with the um that oh my god we were just talking about it how am i losing my train of thought so quickly i'm i'm being snapped right now bro <laughs> oh jeez half your mind oh is my going gosh. half my mind is gone um <laughs> no the whole the truth serum the whole truth serum and the guy was like no there's thing it's truth serum and then <laughs> i think ti was like like if it walk like duck talk like duck maybe it's duck or something like that <laughs> yeah. and then um and then they got saved by a. Well not, they didn't get saved, but Ghost came by and did her thing, and immediately the uh, Russian dude was like Baba Yaga, and I was like, <laughs> and he started like he started like doing the little children's chant thing, whatever it was, um, about the ghost, and then it was pretty funny because um, I don't know if you guys heard, remember this, but it, Baba Yaga was a mention in John Wick. Um, you guys remember that? I'm assuming they were calling him the Baba Yaga, right? Yeah, him, I mean, as in John the Boogie Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I do kind of remember that. Okay. Yeah. So like when they called yeah, it no, again, I... I was like, yeah, when they called it again, I was like, I was like, oh, so it's not just like a made-up word for John Wick. Like it's it's a legit thing. So um, when he, you know, when Ghost did her thing, and then the dude was like Baba Yaga, and like. Oh man, like they're just they're just good comedic humor. Um uh like it was nice to have them around to balance the seriousness of everything. 
Um, Michael Pena did his thing. Uh, I think everyone loved Michael Pena's first, um, you know, in the first movie when he did all the uh, storytelling. And I yeah. like that he only did the one storytelling in this one. And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't overdone. You know, like it, it wasn't, wasn't a rehash of the same yeah, joke. Was, this one. Exactly. It was, it was just one really long one. And it was hilarious because, um, again, you know, he's, he's telling the story, but the actors are actually lip syncing what he's saying. And it's pretty funny. Um, so I, I just, I really like that, the, that trio. And who doesn't like T.I. Rubber Band Man? You know? <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like him? You always got to also like. Yeah, I also like Ti's game that he has going with through the all the Ant Man movies, where he's trying to wear a hat like the least amount on his head as possible. I don't know if you guys caught on. <laughs> it's that. just resting on top of his head. <laughs> it looks like it's, it's gonna fall of off all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh gosh! <laughs> so, uh, so hats, hats off, or I guess hats on hats, to Ti for doing that. Hats barely on. Hats um. barely on. <laughs> to ti for that so um so yeah so the ex-cons i guess is all around uh we all loved them we hope that they're in the next ant-man or uh hopefully Ooh. they're in supporting cats man i would really love to see louise meet up with like uh what's his name from thor from ragnarok uh crag korg 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 yeah oh man i think that would be name's korg <laughs> that's assuming he's still alive I mean, right, yeah, that's still up for debate as well. Yeah, um, we're not sure. He had to have survived through Thanos showing up and destroying the ship, and then the snapping, snapping. So, yeah. mm-hmm. mm, the odds mm-hmm. aren't in his favor. Just no, saying. definitely not. Um, so, besides our supporting cast with the X Cons, um, we also got a glimpse. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, uh, what's his name? I forget his first name, but Park from uh. He's been in a lot of movies. He was uh, oh Asian Jim, <laughs> Asian Jim. That's all I know. Randall Park. That's yeah. right. Um, what did you guys think? He's actually uh, so. For those that don't know, if you do follow the Marvel comics, he's actually uh, a character in Marvel comics. He, I think, originally started out as like a secret agent, basically like James Bond level in the CIA, and uh, you also see him in Shield and stuff too. I think now in in the comic books, or at least with Ant Man, he's just a FBI agent. Um, but yeah, and in, in the comics, he's supposed to be like a badass, and they always compare him to like James Bond. He like, I guess, has gadgets and like gets the girl, and is like really badass. Um, what did you guys think of his treatment here? Did you see him just only as comic relief, or did you get anything else from him? Um, I I I liked his comedy. Like it was, it was semi serious, and he would like put in those like those half like those semi-funny sentences where if you caught it like it was really funny but if you didn't catch it like you didn't really miss on anything right, like, right. the first the first conversation between him and scott lang was uh the magic trick and he's like for real how'd you do it <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and it was so quick and then um i think the very last um conversation between those two and like scott was or he was like you know i'll get like I'll see you next time or something like that. And, you know, like, you know, for most cop dramas or, like, whenever a cop's involved and they always say, like, I'll, you know, I'll see you next time or, like, I'll see you around. No, he says, I'll see you around. Um, you know, that basically means, like, I'm going to catch you. You know, we're right. going to slip up and I'm going to catch you. But right. then when, 
when Scott was like, what do you mean? And then, <laughs> and then he had to like explain himself. And then he's like, oh, Scott was like, oh, you know, it just sounded like you were going to like invite me to dinner or something. And he's like, no, like, why would I do that? But did you want to go for dinner? And you know, like, it was just so quick. And it was like, again, like, I'm just, I'm happy this dude is getting parts in big movies. Um, like Randall Park has just been hilarious in almost everything that he's done. Um, he was also Kim Jong Un in a um, that movie with Seth, uh, not, yeah, Seth Rogen and uh, James and Franco. James Franco, and he was what big. What's the name right? of that movie? Is it the was, interview? Yeah, the interview. Yeah, the interview. That's right. Okay. Yeah, um, he was big. For, he was big for that role. Like size wise. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like uh, twenty-one feet. Yeah, no, he was big for that role, but um, uh, and then you know he was Asian Jim, and he also had like a role in like a, in the NBC show, and I think it was like all like an all Asian cast. But like, what I what I'm gonna say is I just I'm happy that Asians are getting roles in bigger movies, um. And especially Randall Park, like he's just a hilarious dude. So, yeah, I, I liked I liked Randall Park as Officer Wu or whatever Detective Wu. Yeah, what did you guys think of that running joke where like he kept thinking he was gonna catch Scott not at home, <laughs> and he was always like that split second late to where Scott was able to be like, oh no, I was just in the shower or I was playing drums or whatever. Did you guys think I- they did it a little too much or was it just the right amount? I thought that it was just the right borderline too much um Mm -hmm. but the nice thing was was that especially with the daughter uh the scene where yeah he was supposedly throwing up everywhere and the daughter was kind of doing the (laughs) interference like that was executed really well you know because i was actually expecting him not to be there um and she was just kind of covering for him um right and then when he was actually there i was like oh okay sweet you know that that worked out perfectly, um, but that one was was pretty cool. The last one, what was the last one? He was in the shower, I think. I just had his headphones on. He was playing the. Uh, oh, that's the right, drums. the drums. The drums. Uh, that one was okay, but yeah, <laughs> like like I said, it was just it was borderline too much. Um, but luckily, they covered it with a good amount of comedy to to recover from that. But I mean, it was fun. It, it was a fun time. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I thought that was I was really well done by him. Um, I kind of don't like the mishandling of the character. I wanted, I guess, to see a little more of the James Bond. But I think like Marvel's doing a really good job of inserting. It could have just been a normal cop. They didn't necessarily have yeah. to have him play, you know, Jimmy Woo. But uh, I thought it was cool that they inserted him in there, just you know, like a Easter egg for all the, the fans and stuff. Um, and we kind of touched on this a little bit with the vomit cover-up story. But uh, Cassie Lang, played by a- Abby Ryder Fortson smashed her job like as oh, yeah. as child child actors go she smashed this role i don't I, at least that's my thought what did you guys think of of her yeah um, there was there was one line that she just delivered on and it was the don't laugh line um oh like, yeah oh, like you know <laughs> we, i'm pretty sure we can all recall a point in, like where we've all heard like we've all laughed at like a kid or like <laughs> or we were a kid being laughed at you know and like you either the kid or yourself would say like, don't laugh. Cause like you were being serious, you know? And she was being like, it, 
you know, like as a child star, it was kind of hard to, I don't, well, I don't know if it's kind of hard to be serious nowadays, like especially with all these child stars coming up, but um, she she nailed that role and she nailed those lines um, with the, I can be your partner. And then like Scott was like laughing and she says, don't laugh. And she like looked super sad. Like, <laughs> like, the, like those lines are just tugged at the heartstrings. So hopefully she didn't get ashed up. You know what I mean? Oh man. That, oh, yeah, God. I didn't break. even think about that. I'll oh, definitely break geez. Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to a, to a higher degree, I don't know if you guys have watched the first Ant-Man um, recently, but uh, Judy Greer and uh, Bobby Cannavale, um playing uh, uh, Scott's ex-wife and her new fiance or new husband. Um, yeah. I, I thought they were amazing in the first one. And they were really good in this second one. What did you guys think of them? I thought they did well. Um, it was nice to show the relationship and how, I mean, okay, we're going to whip out the dad card here. Uh, oh, man. Seeing, seeing how a split family can still come together. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was a good dynamic to show. Um, and they were doing a great job. I mean, especially considering how in the first Ant-Man, uh, I forget his name, but the stepdad basically and Scott were not on the same page nor the same side. Um, so it was kind of cool to see, okay, after everything that happened in the first one, they kind of realized, okay, you know what? We could be cool. We can make this happen. Um, and that Scott is actually a good guy. You know, he, he did his thing and served his time, but he's a good guy still, and he could still be a good dad. Um, so I thought it was cool that they kind of showed that just because your parents are divorced and that they don't see on, or they don't see uh, this, they don't see things the same way anymore, they could still be civil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they could still have fun right. and, and do all those things. So I thought it was a pretty cool dynamic that they didn't really hit on too much. I mean, it was kind of just there, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought that it was definitely a good message to show, uh, especially in a movie that a lot of, I guess you could say families and kids are going to be watching. Yeah, no, and I thought uh, Marvel did a really good job with that. They didn't have him play to the normal stepdad kind of thing where like they make the stepdad out to be a villain also yeah and you're like really rooting for you know scott and um judy greer's character to get back together they they definitely played it up where like okay they're their own unit they they support scott they were like counting down his days to be um off of house arrest too so i thought that was a really strong play by marvel to really engage that so that was awesome yeah and another Um, thing like they didn't have the stereotypical competition between mom and dad you know what i mean most of the time yeah. oh yeah when you yeah. see that it's like oh i'm dad i'm better than mom no it was like you said they were supporting each other they were essentially still a family unit but they were just connected through uh the daughter you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um, i was it was you know that's it's all nice that that was what was being portrayed between the mom and the dad is that like even after a divorce even through a divorce um, they can still coexist as a family, as a family unit, rather than like being two totally separate entities sharing a daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, definitely. Like, yeah. In yeah. most in most movies, like you'll see the whole like mom versus dad trope, where it's like the mom. You know, I th- you know we went over this in the uh, in the uh, Lost in Space podcast, but um, 
<clears throat> like it's always a mom versus the dad. Yeah. Um, and it's always like, well, you know, like in the Lost Lost in Space podcast, you know, it was a mom who was like, I'm right, and you left us, blah blah blah. And it was the dad who felt remorse because he did leave him. You know, and then in this one, it was just it it was nice to see that it is what it is, and they're just they're they're one they're not I guess you can say they're not one big happy family because they're divorced, but they they coexist in a sense that the the mom and the dad have an open means of communication. It's not so much like a like I have a res, I have resentment towards you and what you did to us. Um, and we don't. I don't even know if they've ever explained what happened to them. I think he just went to jail, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Scott originally was like a a, a cat burglar, a burglar thief, or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like you know, in normal movies like that, where they have like the thief as the dad or whatever, the mom usually has to separate, and we usually get that part of it. So um, I thought you know it makes sense that they would divorce over that, but the fact that you know Scott still cared very much for Cassie. Um, and like you said, it wasn't like a rivalry thing. She, as, as much, you know, it sucks that they are divorced or whatever, but what's the driving force between that family is Cassie. And even in the first one, she's like, you know, Scott, like, step up, dude. You just got out of jail. Like, you know, just be the hero that she already thinks you are. And that, yeah. you know, that, that, that tugs at the, t- at the heartstrings too. I mean, and that's, that's probably another reason why Ant-Man works and why a lot of us gravitate or like really enjoy this story is because of of those moments because of lines like that where it's the familial thing like you know we as you know like randy boy i'm sure can attest to this like being a dad and stuff already like you know your kids think the the best of us at times you know when we were when we were like you know little boys too we all thought our dads were superheroes you know there's always that joke like my dad could beat up your dad you know we, we we have our parents in our minds as like you know, the, the top tier of like who we want to be like the ideal role models and stuff. And so, you know, this is the, this is the reason why we go to the movies, you know, we we are trying to watch comic book, like superhero movies, but you know, that's not to say that Scott isn't uh, a really good hero in his daughter's eyes without being Ant-Man. He's also like the world's best grandma. Yeah. So that's really awesome. (laughs) Um, so touching, uh, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, Paxton or the, the stepdad. One of the funny things I thought um, was when Scott pretended to throw up cards, and then there was that little throw throwaway line where he yeah. says, um, "How do you do that?" He kind of says it to himself. And so, uh, sorry about the honking outside. I think someone's getting towed. Um, nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, with that, uh, what other funny moments? What other things did you guys hear or? Uh, here. What else? What else did you guys see? What were your guys' funny moments that you guys would pick out from the movie? Um, I like the. I just like the callbacks, like to early on in the movie, like the whole uh, best grandma ever callbacks. Oh, yeah, that was a good like, one. That was a good one. Um, and then like the whole like uh, online online magic card like gag um, in the beginning with the cards and uh, Officer Wu, and then I think. Towards the end, when uh, the guy was like, "Hey, we found him. They're in a forest." And Officer Wu was like, "Don't you knock?" And like he's like practicing the magic <laughs> cards. You know what I mean? Like that. Like that feels like such a staple to Ant Man. Like that's what it feels like. Ant Man is like it's just callback and everything Paul Rudd is. Like mostly everything that Paul Rudd does. Like he's had this like really, I wouldn't say sarcastic, but his his humor and and the way he delivers his lines. 
um, his joking lines are just they're spot on and and they're just they're everything you expect from Paul Rudd. You know, even from those movies, uh, those other movies like I Love You, Man, or um, is it Wanderlust that he's in? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But um, you know, in almost all of his movies, he has the same type of humor. You know, and then uh, this his humor in this movie doesn't steer very far away from his other humor um, in other movies. But um, just the uh, running gags, you know, the magic tricks, um, and then. <clears throat> and then uh, the best grandma ever. Like those were, those were two of my favorite like favorite gags throughout the movie. Yeah, I think I mean most people are gonna mention the storytelling, uh, the Michael Pena storytelling, and to me that one I think was the the big one. Uh, yeah, there were a bunch of the little uh, one-liners and stuff like that. Ooh, excuse me, um, but I think. The, the best one to me that stood out the most, especially right now, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Um, but the storytelling was was my favorite one that I can think of so far. Um, especially seeing Evangeline Lilly do it too. And she was like really getting into it. Um, yeah. It was very entertaining seeing her uh, lip sync to Michael Pena's voice. So I had a great time watching that scene. Yeah, and uh, also another one that's being discussed pretty heavily is the uh, the toddler-sized Ant-Man when his regulator's oh, not working at the yeah. school. Oh, what did you guys think about that, man? Oh, man, I don't know. I was a little... It was a little weird seeing that because I was like, he's really small. And the <laughs> teacher that saw him, like, it was... It was... Uh, I get, It was an elementary school, maybe like a middle school, but he looked really small so i was like the yeah. teacher you don't realize that he's like a toddler dude but like he couldn't even reach the handrail going down the stairs and my not even year old or not even two-year-old daughter can reach the handrail on the stairs so i'm like uh that's kind of off a little bit but that scene was just hilarious and him or in the closet, how he was shrinking and getting big and all that stuff. It was it was a good time. I had a I had fun watching that. And uh, another funny moment. It was just a really quick throwaway line, but for me, and I also I'm glad somebody else mentioned it in the uh, the subreddit for the uh, the movie review. Was the meta joke when they're uh, I think it's when they go to visit Bill Foster. They're yeah. they're all still wanted by the FBI. <laughs> So they're wearing hats and sunglasses, which if across the Marvel Universe, anytime Cap or Falcon or somebody has to be, quote unquote, undisguised, they always wear the sunglasses and hat. Oh, and yeah. uh, the meta joke with that is that Scott says, like, we look like we're going to go to watch a uh, baseball game, <laughs> yeah. which had me like I was dying. That was too good. If I was sitting next to Alan, I would have been, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my, my funny moment vote. Um all right, so uh, one thing we mentioned kind of off podcast before we were getting into this, um, we mentioned the quantum realm. Uh, so I want to put it to you guys. What did you guys feel like going into it? You know that we, we had to visit this. We had to go here um, from the previous Ant-Man movie. Uh, for those who haven't seen it or need to catch up or something, uh, basically the long and short of it is that Michelle Pfeiffer, a.k.a. the original Wasp, um, Janet Van Dyne, um, is stuck in the quantum realm. And which is why, um, uh, you know, Ant-Man or Hank Pym at that time hasn't visited or tried to be Ant-Man again. 
um, besides the physical stress of being Ant-Man over the years put on him, uh, why he hasn't suited up again or his technology and, and basically the driving force of the first movie. So in this one, we know we were going to end up there. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on the quantum realm, the way it was shown? Um, even if you want to go into Michelle Fiverr's character, um, how did you guys feel about it? Uh, I thought I, the thing that really sticks out in my head when we talk about or when I think about her character, it's a little weird considering how she ended up with powers um i they explained it they said that yeah you know if you're in there things happen to you and and stuff like that so i appreciate that they explained it but it still just seemed a little weird you know what i mean and and let alone how does she know how to use them um things like that it was was just a little off and one thing i was thinking about during the movie i was like she was there for 30 years her body aged did she ever get hungry or need to use the bathroom how does that work Mm. um but obviously it's a movie but i'm just saying like those little things doesn't they don't really add up um especially considering that she actually aged uh so i was i was totally expecting her to show up and still be the young version of her um because it was kind of like in limbo kind of thing um but no she was totally old and she's been doing her thing and how did she end up with more clothing down there because she ended up with like a cloak and when she went in she was wearing her suit so i don't know how that worked out um but i mean i liked seeing the quantum realm um i liked how it explained that she was a survivor down there like how she mentioned that the the bug things will eat you or whatever if you uh don't keep going um and stuff like that so i thought it was cool and i liked the visuals and stuff and it looked really like uh dr strange and they basically kind of pulled the visuals from there um but i had a great time except for those little things but i feel like i was just kind of nitpicking during that um but I thought the character was cool. I liked her. I liked she was basically the motivation for the last two movies. So it was nice to see them kind of achieve their goal. Uh, but I had a good time. Hopefully, we see more of her in the next movies. Cool. Um, well, I'm glad. Unless Alan has anything else to add to the quantum realm. No, I, I was um, kind of it's pretty much spot on. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I thought it was a little weird with that she found extra clothes down there. Um, I, I was okay with her surviving for 30 years. Like originally when they were proposing, when I had, you know, last year at Comic-Con, they, they revealed that it was Michelle Pfeiffer, AKA the yeah. Fife dog, um, gonna, <laughs> that, that was going to play Janet Van Dyne. So I thought it was really cool. If, I, and then I didn't notice it, but in the first Ant-Man, I guess they hadn't cast her yet or like knew who was going to play her. So in the original Ant-Man, she's just in there as the wasp is like CGI without any real like lines or anything. Um, yeah. And then even if like photographs, her hat is like pulled over her face. So they didn't really like lock themselves into like a look or anything. Um, but I thought it was really cool. Like the, that she was like tattered up. She was like beat up a little bit. Like her wings were like broken or something like that. Yeah. Um, and this suit, but I, for me, like the, the head cannon that I have that has, you know, it, there's no confirmation whatsoever. But my thing is that she, 
the quantum realm you can get like a uh, healing energy from and okay. so that's that's my piece of like how she was able to survive for so long down there was that even if she was to die of like starvation or had like explosive diarrhea or something the <laughs> there was that that force down there to help you um with whatever sickness you had so that, that was my sense. my way my way of thinking that that's how she survived and stuff and that's that's also hopefully um what happens to ant-man is that he's not he doesn't die of starvation or you know of anything like that down there so um that's my headcanon it hasn't been confirmed by director peyton reed or anything yet but um yeah that's that's my thoughts and i think you know that's that's also how she was able to heal i think is that she was down there for so long i think they had said that she absorbs some of that energy so it's not necessarily like now she has healing powers it's just that she was down there for so long and soaked it up so much um and so I don't think that they're going to keep that storyline going where she can just touch people and heal and become like a Southern Baptist priest or something. I think, <laughs> I think, I think all of the energy was used on, um, on ghost. So I think she's, she's pretty much drained, which is why they sent Scott into the to quantum realm again. So I think that was like a really good, like kind of tie up situation. You know, it's, they showed, yeah, she survived. She, she has a little bit of energy left and now it's done. Um, but what really sucks is that, you know, they went through all this trouble and, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Hope, and uh, Mike Douglas, uh, Hank were able to get her back. But what really sucked is that once they got her back, within like the next day, they basically lost her to this yeah. happening. Um, <laughs> but you know, take comfort that they're 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 you know surviving together in the Soul in, Stone. In hopefully. the Soul Stone, exactly. <laughs> right. I was just about to say that they're they're not really dead. They're just in the Soul Stone. At least that's mm-hmm. what we're thinking. <laughs> that's what we're yeah. allowed to believe. And, uh, you know, we're nearing the end of our discussion here, but um, really quick, I want to touch, because I thought this was amazing. They've done it before in other other uh, MCU movies, but, man, the, the young CGI that they're using for Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer was insane. I don't know if Killing you guys can tell or... Yeah. They, it's getting to the point where, like, I, I they can cast anybody, <laughs> no matter what their age, and oh, either, yeah. like make them look super old it's gonna get to the point now where like they don't even have to wear makeup or anything anymore they're just gonna shoot their normal shots and stuff and then they're just gonna come back and cgi but i mean could you guys tell any difference what did you guys think of the uh the young cgi uh i thought it was spot on uh so i'm assuming you're talking about the scene where they leave uh they leave hope right when she's a little kid and they have to go onto their mission uh Mm -hmm. michael douglas kind of look the same still but let's be real here for all of our lives as long as we've known him he's basically looked the same he hasn't really aged too much um obviously he looks older but it it, like he doesn't have any crazy different facial features compared to back then so yeah uh he they didn't have to do too much on him and then michelle pfeiffer no they cleaned her up real well uh, she no i'm not saying i'm not saying she looked Ew. bad i'm just saying that she i mean i'm just gonna say she looked very attractive i'm like okay cool uh, and she still mm-hmm. does for her age especially but um you could tell that yeah they did stuff and they made her look young and she looked young and i was mm. like okay all right like good job pre, marvel pre-catwoman pfeiffer bro there you go exactly see i was like <laughs> all right yeah, you know, Disney's been killing it with the like 
with the wannabe young person CGI or like wannabe like with the CGI like that, like you know, with uh, the general dude in uh, Rogue One, uh, right? Admiral, Admiral Tarkin. Yeah, Admiral Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also in one of my favorite movies of all time, Tron Legacy. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I, man. that that pretty much uh, that pretty much pioneered this this movement. Wow. I mean, yeah. it did, I guess. Yeah, and they did a good job back then, but you could tell that they uh, fine-tuned it. Yeah, they definitely oh, did yeah, better man. now. Yeah, because Hank Pym did not look any different. Like, you could definitely tell, like, you know, his gray hairs are missing. He doesn't have so much, like, he doesn't have so much, uh, like, facial wrinkling. Same with Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer still looks uh, pretty Michelle Fire. You know what I mean? Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, oh. But um, no, but I, I totally agree. Like her, you know, her CGI was really well, uh, really well done. And then on top of that, like um, Hank Pym's CGI was pretty well done. So like I was, I, as soon as I saw young Frank Pym, I was like, "Where is it? Come on, Wait, let me, like let me let Frank me see it." Or Hank. 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 Hank <laughs> Alan Frank. said Frank. <laughs> Hank Pym. That's uh, his brother. Yeah. Well, and then he he goes by Harry through because of Janet, and I'm just like, wait, what? But um, um, Hank Pym, uh, like when I saw young Hank Pym, I was like, trying to pinpoint exactly like like something that would, you know, I could just like lock onto and just be like, oh, like you can definitely tell it's fake. You can definitely tell it's fake. But it was really hard. It was really hard to find something that you can tell it, it's like CGI. Aside yeah. from knowing that, aside from knowing that you know Hank Pym is or Michael Douglas is actually like, it's Michael Douglas, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Mark Douglas. Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's just really hard to tell. Like, if you didn't know, um. You know, if you didn't know that Michael Douglas had like a son or something like that, or like it could have been his son, but it was the CGI was really well done. Oh, I agree. Yeah, man, I'm no, I'm no longer scared of of them having actors play like younger roles or anything like that, like have doing flashback scenes or anything like that. Yeah, I, or, think, I think we're we're in that new age. I mean, let's just get real here. We kind of touched on it at the beginning of the podcast. We shouldn't be afraid if i mean for the movie production standpoint if a character were to pass away as far as the actor i mean they did it with paul walker uh and they did a great Um, job um and if god forbid something like that were to happen again with another character or uh actor or actress i think they can still pull off the movie um Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully nothing like that happens, but at least we can we can uh, hope that they can pull it off because they have been so far. Yeah, no, still knocking out of the park. Uh, overall, MCU movies are just you know uh, head and shoulders above the rest out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So unless you guys have something else uh, to bring up, you guys want to get into the final reviews of Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh, sure. I got nothing. I'm good. 
All right. So who wants to start us off? Uh, given everything that we've uh, spoken about tonight, what are you guys thinking? Uh, let's do this on a scale of uh, 1 through 10. Uh, 1 through 10, I will give this movie a 8. Um, okay. It was... Okay. You know, it was just a fun movie, and especially after, especially after a movie that ended like Infinity War, like you were kind of, <laughs> you were kind of looking for answers. Um, and then it's the next installment in the MCU, so it wasn't meant to give you answers. It was meant to give you answers on where Ant Man was, because um, Ant Man kind of just like fell off the face of the earth after um, Civil War. So. Um, I, I think it did really well. It met all my expectations of, um, of pretty much everything I wanted to see, um, and including the mid-credits and the post-credits scene. Like, it had everything I wanted to see in this movie. Um, I feel like nothing was too overdone. It wasn't. I feel like it's better than the first Ant-Man. Um, I think like they took they took the jokes. And um, in the first Ant-Man, and then redid him in the second Ant-Man to just make it better, and not so much like reuse and recycle the same jokes, but made them better. Um, namely the, um, namely Michael Pena's storytelling. Like, and I think the first one he did it quite a bit, but in the second one it was just the one. But it was just like it was just really well done. Um, even more so because the guy was saying like. Like where is Scott Lang? And then yeah. he starts going off on like where is Scott Lang emotionally? And it was like it was just <laughs> really funny, like just really well done. But um yeah, I'll I'll give this I'll give this movie a swaggy eight out of ten. Ooh, a swaggy eight? Swaggy. Man, swaggy. That's a uh, tough to follow. Dripping in swaggy. Oh my gosh. Uh Alan basically hit every point so i'm not gonna add too much i'm gonna give it a swaggy eight as well Ooh. yeah you know but uh what about you rob this is it tiebreaker Oof. tiebreaker uh, i'm, I'm gonna give I'm pretty him... sure the tiebreaker is done it's tied <laughs> we're pretty much we're pretty much the majority now but go ahead rob uh, I, yeah, I, I let, let's go ahead and give it eight across the board, across all three of us. Okay. Um, there we go. My, I, I agree with you guys in that it was exactly what I expected as far as like a palate cleanser, um, while also giving us a little taste of and reminding us about uh, Infinity War. Um, I would say that it, it has almost everything there. The reason why it lost points for me was the character of Scott Lang. Um, in the first one, we get a little bit more of the burglar thief. And his like skill set. Uh, if you guys go back and rewatch it, I, I mean, I just watched it a few days ago to get hyped for Ant Man and the Wasp. But um, in the first one, he breaks into Hank Pym's house, and the way that he gets past the the vault doors, he uses like a little bit of science to to you know liquid nitrogen to expand the metal or freeze the metal and stuff. It was like little things like that where it was like, oh, okay, he has he does have a skill set. It's not just he has the suit and he can shrink and stuff. He has a little bit more skill. So I was expecting a little bit of that. Just as much as we got like a little callback to the first jokes and stuff, I wanted to see a little callback to uh, Scott's uh, thief burglary skills. Um, I, I mean, I guess we traded that a little bit for 
for his close-up magic <laughs> skills in this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just that was one thing I thought was a little bit lacking. Um, but other than that, man, uh, an- another near-perfect movie from from Marvel um, and director Peyton Reed. Um, so there you guys have it, uh, all eights across the board. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'm good. No, I just, I'm just really happy that they're pumping out these, these Marvel movies. And even though this is what number twenty one or number twenty two, or twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's actually twenty. This is the big two zero for them. Yeah, like even though this is number twenty in the MCU, like it's still getting better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not falling off. Like you know when you get to fast, fast eight or whatever, fast nine. Oh jeez! Like yeah. oh my gosh! Yeah. Like it's it's just falling off. You know what I mean? But like here we are, like in the second installment of Ant Man, in the twentieth installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like it's still going strong and getting better. I think it's already broken. It's already beat Ant-Man 1's uh, records. Um, oh, yeah, man. Like, it's already beaten Ant-Man 1 in the box office. So it's like, you know, how 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 do you take something that's already good and make it better? Um, and for some odd reason, they're still making everything better. You know, like even, even uh, Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is already having, like, with um you know with solo uh, not doing so well it's just like you know for everything that has um like sequels like you usually find that trend and it's going downwards you know after the trilogy it's going in a downward spiral uh spiral but here we are number 20 and it's like getting better and better so i'm like hats off to marvel studios um and kevin feige for keeping it lit a hundred percent agree man once yeah. once marvel studios merch uh releases that t-shirt that just says in feige we trust um <laughs> they're gonna get my my pre-order money because yeah, that dude whew, man 10 10 years marvel studios that guy is the godfather um yeah man 100 percent agree with you um so yeah that does it for us here at the lounge um hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode if not definitely drop us a line. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at the lounge SD. That's at symbol T H E L O U N G E S D. Um, feel free to leave us some comments, slide us some DMS, man. I don't think we had any, uh, any user questions on this episode, but um, any future episodes, like Randy boy had mentioned, we're going to deep dive into San Diego comic-con 2018 um next episode so if you have any questions if you want to pick up some pointers if you want to know what shit to pack you know um we're definitely going to be touching on that kind of stuff next episode so please stay tuned please send us some feedback or some questions about what what kind of stuff you kind of want to see in that episode and we'll do our best to try and get that out to you guys um we hope you guys have enjoyed your stay this episode in the lounge um once again i'm rob i'm randy and i'm alan What? Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait. I think, it might have, I think it might have cut out. Did you say your name? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh man. All right, that was my bad. I, it must have cut out or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Other than that, um, we'll thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.
It's you. Oh, so dumb, dude. Ratchet, happy birthday, dude. Birthday.